Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yo, what up? Welcome to Tevez of the Best. Today is Friday, June 24, 2022. My name is JC Tevez. Welcome to the podcast about my life and nothing else. But stick around. You might learn something new. Happy Friday, everyone. How's your week? Anything exciting? I just came from a debut hosting. This is the first hosting or the first debut that I've hosted since the pandemic. And this is also the first debut that I've hosted that had like celebrities there. I say that because I don't know. I didn't know who they were. But then I looked them up on Instagram. They have like hundred thousands of followers. <laughs> so the, the debutante, her name is Jazz. Jazz Henry, she's part of a girl group, a P-pop group. So think like, you know, K-pop, P-pop, a group called G22. So before I got this hosting, uh, I never actually heard of them. You know, sorry to say. But then I looked them up. They're actually really talented. So G22, if you want to see their video, there's the one song called Bang, which is kind of a bop. Uh, yeah, so her name is Jazz. So she's part of a four-girl group called G22. I have no idea what G22 stands for. I didn't want to ask because I didn't want to come off as like, oh, you don't know? Um, and then all the attendees, not all, but a lot of the attendees, the baguettes, the young kids, right? They were, I, they were famous too. You know, uh, there's one blogger that I'm sure, so out of all the people that I knew on the list, I knew, uh, uh, Mika Salamanca, who is a vlogger. You probably heard of her. And there were some people who didn't show up. I guess they got, they were busy, but on the names that were on the list, but, they couldn't make it, like Inigo Pascual, uh, AC Bonifacio. Shit, there's, I have the list here on my phone, actually. Uh, Kyle Chatty, right? So th- these are big names. But the thing that I wanted to share, so first of all, happy birthday to Jazz. She was really nice. She's from Australia, Mike. Um, so I, I was looking them up, and I've never heard of these kids, but they're also good looking, and they all, cause there's, there's this one portion of the debut, cause you know, in the debut, they have, 18 whatevers, right? So they have like 18 roses, 18 candles, 18 gifts, 18 shots or whatever. So in this one, because, you know, they're so fucking talented, I guess they just want to flex their shit. Uh, 18 melodies, which I've never, ever had before in a debut. I've never hosted a debut where they had 18 melodies. Uh, So what they did was it was the guys and it was 18 of them. They all came up and sang like a little snippet of a song. And, you know, just give a little message. And I, I was like, holy fuck. These guys are so good. Like, they were really good. Like, it wasn't a cringe thing. Because I could imagine this being done by, you know, just in another debut. But with people far less talented. And I'd be like, fuck, I don't want to hear the next guy say. But in this case, they all, most of them, some of them weren't singers. But they were, like, actors, I guess. But they they were really good. So when I looked them up, I was like, who are these kids? And it's not shade towards them. It's just, I guess that's how out of touch I am with like the local emerging pop stars, not just pop stars. I think they're also movie stars or whatever, entertainment stars. Um, it's like 
I was like, who are these kids? Like, have you guys heard of a guy named Patrick Kiros? So look him up. Like, how many, how many followers? I'll give you a guess. All right. If you've never heard of him, how many followers do you think this kid has? All right. I'll get, I'll let you have a guess while I, I, I pull up his Instagram. Yeah. Any guesses? This kid has 326,000 followers. <laughs> Holy shit. And he was a, he was the guy that sang, like, he had, he was the performer of the evening. He had two songs. Dude, he, kid is good. Good looking kid. He looks like he's like half Italian or, or something. But I've never, I've never heard of this kid. And then I looked up the rest of these other guys. 100,000 followers. 150. The debutante has like, I don't know, 80 or something. So all in all, I, I, I think it's safe to say this is the first debut I've hosted where almost everyone there has more followers than me. I'm not counting, like, I'm not flexing that I have a lot of followers, but normally I have more followers than most, like, most attendees at a, a debut. But this is like the opposite. I was like, oh my God. And, and there's like, there were like members of other, like a P-pop boy group. And these, these kids, I, I think cause the, the template, right? The standard, the gold standard is K-pop. So you can see the influence is there. So these these guys have fucking pink hair, <laughs> you know. And I'm not making fun of it. I'm just saying like it's crazy. I could never pull that off. Beach, I know bleach blonde hair, and you can tell their outfits. They, I mean, they look like they're pulled out of a BTS video. So all these all these kids, man, just it's incredible. Like who these guys are and the success that they have at such a young age. Cause I'm sure most of them, the oldest ones there are probably like 23, 24. Uh, and the rest are probably, you know, 18, 19, 20. So yeah. Uh, the reason why, by the way, like there's so many, I mean, obviously because the debutante is a, uh, you know, I don't know. Is it a minor celeb? Cause I don't know how many of you have heard of G22. I, I'd consider minor celeb. Like I, I always look at the hierarchy of celebrities. In the Philippines, when I think of A-list, I think of like Vice Ganda, you know, Vice Ganda, who else? Um, and Curtis. What is this, dude? Something keeps fucking popping up on my phone. I don't know, like, do you guys hear that? What the? Okay, someone said, like, I don't know what that's playing. Anyway, let me go back to what I was saying. So yeah, Heart Evangelista, uh, you know, Ding Dong Dantes. Anyone where if you go to the middle of the street, and you ask him, like, hey, do you know who this is? Most of them would say yes. Because how many, how many people would, if you go into the middle of the street, uh, and you say, hey, do you know who this is? Do you know who, uh, uh, what are these guys' names? Hold on. Do you know who C13 Sarawas is? I had to call someone by their boy band name. C13. Like, that's the name he goes by. <laughs> wow. Uh, do you know a guy named, uh, Sam Kafranka? I don't know if he's a celebrity. I think he was. But, yeah. So, I guess minor celebs. Uh, back to what I was saying. See, Jazz, the debutante, she's a member, or she's a talent under the management of Cornerstone. So, Cornerstone is famous. You guys probably have heard of Cornerstone. Uh, my friend Marky Strom. You guys know Marky Strom. If you're an RX fan, you know who Marky is on the Morning Rush theater guy. Uh, who else is under Cornerstone? I think Catriona is under Cornerstone. Is she? I'm looking at Cornerstone's Instagram right now. Who do I know from Cornerstone? Mm, I know there are like former talents in Cornerstone. Jason D? Is this Jason D? Oh yeah, Jason D. Jason D. I know Jason D, the singer. Yeah, so I mean Cornerstone. I think Moira is also Cornerstone. Moira. 
So that's why there are a lot of cornerstone talents there this evening. The event was held at a uh, clubhouse called Don Jose Heights. Don Jose Heights Clubhouse. But on the invitation, so they, they fucked up the invitation. Uh, everyone was originally directed to go to Don Antonio Heights. So Don Antonio and Don Jose are pretty kind of far from each other. So I got there early already. I got there at five. The thing was supposed to start at seven. I got there at five to the wrong venue. They made me get there. It took me like another 30 minutes to get to the right place. But we didn't even start till nine, bro. <laughs> Fucking Filipino time, man. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. I, I feel like this was one of my, you know, ever since live events have come back. I mean, live, when I say live events, like with an audience, cause I've had live events where the audience is, is virtual. This is, I think, I feel like I'm getting back in the groove cause I've had a few live events, uh, lately. And I know I didn't do as well as I should have. Like, I think I did okay. Like I hosted that, you know, at the wedding I complained about on Halala Show about the the planner who I was fucking so mad at. I know I didn't even I didn't do my I didn't do the best work I, I've done ever at that wedding either. But this one felt like a kind of a a comeback, you know, like my comeback performance, right? Uh, kind of like when I'm trying to think who who who's made a great comeback into the scene. Jennifer Lopez? No, she's always been there. Who's had a great comeback like after taking a long time off? I guess Rihanna. Rihanna? No, not Rihanna. I can't think of one right now. But I, I feel like this was my comeback performance. I did really well. And it was a lot of fun entertaining the crowd. I guess because maybe there were like baguettes, you know, young kids there. So shout out to Jazz uh, of G22 and Cornerstone. Thank you for having me as your debut host and I was able to meet some cool people there make some cool connections which is always the goal when you're out there you know you're basically whoring yourself out to <laughs> the audience hoping that you can land a gig with someone else at another time because that's how it works repeat repeat performances are at least um that's how I've gotten most of my work in the last six years is if I do some good somewhere someone heard of me or someone watched me and then they got me for another event and then they get you again they keep getting you again so just keep doing good uh, anything else I want to talk about today? Uh, some stuff that I watched. Mm, I rewatched the movie Flight Plan starring Jodie Foster. Have you guys ever seen that? It's a ridiculous movie. Mm, the, the premise is Jodie Foster goes on a plane with her daughter. Her husband just died. Uh, so they're flying his body in his casket on a plane back to the United States from, I think, like Germany or somewhere in Europe. And then she falls asleep and then wakes up and her daughter is missing. And then, so she tries to find her daughter and no one believes her that her daughter was on the plane with her because the daughter doesn't exist on the manifest or whatever. You know, it sounds like a great thriller and it's still entertaining, I think. But when you think about it after you watch it, and spoiler alert, yeah, if you're, it's, a, it's a 2005 movie. So was that 17 years ago? Um, such a terrible, like, writing. It's so stupid. Like, the, the, the guy, the guy in the team, the guy and girl who planned this, um, you know, planned this abduction in order to get ransom money or whatever. Or not ransom money, like, uh, money. They're trying to pin this on Jodie Foster's character. Just the amount of coincidence that has to happen 
for their plan to work. It's so fucking like, if you think about it, you're like, this is the dumbest. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing ever. They planned for Jodie Foster and her daughter to get on a plane, hoping that no one on the whole goddamn plane would see her with her daughter. And then they wanted to pin it on her to make her look like she was crazy. And all of that relied on nobody seeing her on the entire plane ride. Like, at least boarding up until they abduct the daughter. It's so insane. It's so insane how, like, they thought that was the best plan. <laughs> but it's still entertaining. You know, it, it, it's it's worth a watch, I think. Just as a, you know, just as a, a dumb, you know, time-filling movie. And with great... Great acting by Jodie Foster, by the way, who is a fantastic actress. She is, I mean, I've never put Jodie Foster as my, I would, I don't think, I don't know if she'd crack my top five actresses, but she's got to be up there on people's list. Jodie Foster, I mean, she was in Hannibal, right? Or she was in Silence of the Lambs, right? Which one was the one with, because they, in the first one, Hannibal, oh no, in Silence of the Lambs, it was Jodie Foster, right? And then the Hannibal, it was Julianne Moore, if I'm not mistaken. Let me take a look. I'm on Wikipedia. Yeah, Silence of the Lambs, where she played Clarice. What else has she done? I've seen a lot of her films. I just, I cannot, like, Panic Room. Oh, she was great in Panic Room with a young Kristen Stewart. Uh, Flight Plan, Inside Man. Oh, yeah, she was Inside Man. She was the, what was she there? I don't know. Was she working with Denzel? Um, trying to think what else she's been in. Huh. Elysium. Yeah, see, I can't really think, but she's, she's a great actress. Uh, after that, what else did I watch? Uh, I got, I, I picked up the new Amazon Prime TV show based off of the books by Jenny Han. Jenny Han, JC, who's Jenny Han? You know her. She wrote the To All the Boys I Loved Before books, which were turned into Netflix films, you know, with Peter Kavinsky. Played by Noah Centineo. And what's that Asian girl's name? The Asian girl. Played by the Asian girl. Forget her name. But this is also based on a book. The, this, the name of the book that this TV show is based off of is called The Summer I Turned Pretty. So instead of a movie, it's a season. Seven episodes. I'm two episodes in. Kind of slow. Everyone's beautiful. Like the girl's beautiful. The two guys. The, yeah, it's two, well, the, there's brothers, two hot brothers. Uh, and then like, another guy who the, she meets on the beach who's also kinda hot. Everyone in this place, in this summer town. So the, the premise is, this girl, her name is Belly. And every summer, she goes to this place, this beachside place, with her mom and brother, and they hang out with another mother and her two sons. And they've been doing this for years. And then, but this summer, this summer is different. She grew some boobs, right? And she's, that's why it's called the summer I turned pretty. So this summer is different, ladies and gentlemen. She has grown into a woman. So one of the, you know, two episodes in, I don't really know where this is going to go. I looked up the trailer and I think it's, it's supposed to, it's supposed to be like a, a love square or triangle between the two brothers. And another guy. So basically, it's it's just it's a teen movie, but uh, seven episodes in. Would I recommend it? I mean, episode two, it's all right. 
I'll probably just keep watching it because, uh, you know, I'll, I'll watch it. I got nothing else to do. So, yeah, that's what I'm watching right now. What else? What else? Uh, shit. I'm trying to think. I rewatched The Magnificent Seven starring Denzel and Chris Pratt and Vincent D'Ofrio. What's his name? The guy from Daredevil. Kingpin. Pretty, ent- you know, I actually, I've watched that movie more times than a lot of movies. Strangely enough, I don't know why. It has a lot of replay value. I probably watch it once every, like, two years. Or once every year. Because I kind of forget what happens, but then when I watch it, you realize you don't really have to remember. You just have to fast forward to the cool parts. So if you haven't watched that, it's about this town that get overrun by this guy named... Bowman, I forgot his name, played by the main bad guy in Flight Plan. That's how I actually remembered it. So the main bad guy in Flight Plan, the actor, I forget his name. He's the main bad guy in uh, Magnificent Seven. So he, this guy takes over a town. So the town folk, uh, they go hire these bounty, or what do you call them? Bounty hunter guys to take the town back from this guy. So who's the first guy they hire? The main character is Denzel Washington. And then Denzel Washington hires Chris Pratt. And then they recruit five more people. So it's seven of them. Magnificent Seven. Who else is part of the Magnificent Seven? Ethan Hawke. Vincent D'Ofriono. I don't know how to say his name. The guy from Daredevil, Kingpin. Uh, this Native American guy. I don't know his name, but he's really buff and hot. He shoots arrows. Um, Byung Hin. I forget his name. The, the Korean guy from G.I. Joe. He throws knives. He's awesome. And who's the last guy? This this Mexican guy. So they get seven guys. They take the town. They hold the town. It's apparently based off of one of the classic films, which is always taught in, like, film schools. And it's always rated as, like, the best movies of all time in terms of films, in terms of the history of films. They always list this movie. You guys have heard of this. It's a Kurosawa movie called The Seven Seven Samurai. Have you guys ever seen it? That movie is garbage. <laughs> Look it up. Akira Kurosawa, who is like a well-renowned, like universally beloved by film scholars as one of the best directors of all time. Seven Samurai from 1954. How? What's the Rotten Tomato score? 100%. That's... How much people dick ride this movie. Why did you watch it, JC? I watched it for a film class. This movie is so fucking boring. I, I, I kid you not. You know, and I will get a lot of flack for this, especially I've talked to like film critics before and I always tell them like, man, I fucking hate that movie. And they're always like, well, <laughs> and, you know, and I can tell they're already judging me. Because I didn't like this piece of shit, boring ass movie. I feel the same way about like the seventh seal. Have you guys heard of the seventh seal? That's also another movie. The seventh seal from 1957. Directed by Ingmar Bergman. This movie is so fucking slow too. 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. This one is about the journey of a medieval knight. And a game of chess he plays... With the personification of death. Just reading that makes me want to fall asleep. I watched this for a humanities class in college. Look, The Seventh Seal, on according to Wikipedia, is considered a classic of world cinema, as well as one of the greatest movies 
of all time. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but anyway, Magnificent Seven is also based off of like a lot. I, you know, I think it's like the themes. Of Seven Samurai. I'm not sure if, if the cinematography... I mean, I, I watched it a long time ago, so I don't really remember because I choose to make it, you know, get it out of my memory. Because it was so boring. I was, like, so bored. Uh, okay, so anyway, I'm on Wikipedia's page. List of films considered the best on Wikipedia. Let me see. Genres or media. Okay. Action. Mad Max 2. Die Hard. Okay, there we go. That's like... I can stand by that. Die Hard. Animation, Toy Story, okay. But where is the national polls? Let's see. Is there a national poll in the United States? Citizen Kane, never seen it. Gone with the Wind, never seen it. Casablanca, never seen it. Bayang, you guys know Bayang. I always talk about Bayang on the podcast. Bayang, my, my boss and good friend, my former boss and good friend at RX. He loves that stuff. You know, he loves Gone with the Wind. Or what, I forgot which one Bayang always... Bang always tells me, you should watch it. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch it. I know I'm going to hate it. I know I'm going to hate it. I watched one time because I, um, I was dating a girl before who really loved Scarface. So I, I watched it. And I fucking fell asleep. Oh, Scarface is so boring. <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. Oh, God, what a boring movie, man. Scarface the fuck out of here ah okay so yeah magnificent seven what else 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 i am about to rewatch after this podcast maybe uh no maybe tomorrow i'll watch it uh independence day because i got independence day because i rewatched a couple days ago pacific rim it's on netflix pacific see pacific rim now that friends is a is a good movie right if you're gonna spend a night you know, a Saturday night, you're going to hang out with your friends. I, I cannot tell you, like, if you were going to put on Seven Samurai or Pacific Rim, there's no question. I cannot, I, I mean, I don't know. I would hate to be part of, like, the film, the film crew circles, you know, the film school crowd. And they, you go to their film party on a Saturday night. Hey, let's watch a movie. Sure, man. And then they fucking put on Seven Samurai, bro. <laughs> fucking, that's like the opposite of a popcorn flick. You would probably choke on your popcorn because you fell asleep. The Pacific Rim, though, that movie is fucking awesome. You know, there, there, there's kaiju and the Jaegers. The machines, there's humor, there's action. I don't think there was love. Was there like some sort of sexual tension between the Asian girl and, and, and the main guy? I don't think so. I think it was more like a brotherly thing, right? I'm not really sure. They didn't kiss. But, you know, if, if you want that, there's, there's that. Like, if you want the little will they, won't they aspect. It, it's just, it's a great movie. Idris Elba had a fantastic speech. And that's why, because I after that speech, Idris Elba has a speech, right? Towards the end, where he's like, tonight, we are canceling the apocalypse. And I was like, that reminds me of the speech that the president in Independence Day has when before he gets into the airplane with the rest of the fighter guys and they, they go fight the aliens. It's like, today, we are... I forgot the exact words. I looked up on YouTube. It's like, today, we, de- we, 
declare our independence day or something. That's a speech too. Makes me want to vote for him if ever he was a real president. So I'm going to rewatch Independence Day with, uh, you guys have seen Independence Day, right? Jeff Goldblum, uh, Jada Pinkett's husband, <laughs> Will Smith. Um, anything else? I'm eating some, oh, by the way, guys, have I recommended to you cha-cha sunflower seeds, spiced flavor, best shit you could ever get. They sell it at Landers, but if you want to get it, I think they sell it on Lazada and shit too. It's so good. Cha-cha sunflower seeds, spiced flavor, life-changing. Um, anything else? I think that's it. 24 minutes in. That's a, that's a good podcast link. Uh, I have a hosting this Saturday as well. It's the virtual, oh no, it's the studio show, the second leg of Fiesta Filipinas. If you want to catch that, by the way, it will be live on YouTube, Facebook, and whatnot. Just search for Fiesta Filipinas. It's on the DFA Facebook and YouTube page. So Department of Foreign Affairs, because that's who, you know, the big bosses are, the ones that cut the checks. So if you check it out, we're going to go live pretty early in the morning, though. So if you're up early on a Saturday, I think we start at like 9 a.m. or 8 a.m., uh, go check it out. But it will be available for replay, too, in case you're a normal human being and you're not awake at 8 a.m. on a Saturday. Um, Is there anything else that I... Oh, yeah, you know what? I just watched the um, the latest trailer for season four, the second half of season four of Stranger Things. So now if you're a Stranger Things fan, if you haven't caught up yet, uh, this is the end of the podcast. Be be gone. I'll see you guys next week. But if you want to hear my thoughts on it real quick, I think I shared my thoughts. But now we can talk about it. Spoilers for the, at least the first half of season four. Okay, you guys ready for it? Uh, Yeah, great show. Season four, man. Like, it's for me the best of the four right now. Like, I think it was four, one, three, two. I really did not like season two. That's the one with the the other sister, right? The sister from the lab. What a stupid side plot. Um, but season four has, I think, hit the mark on everything. So, so good. My question is, though, someone's got to die, right? For season four to feel like there's some sort of impact, someone important has to die. Because they always kill off, I wouldn't call him... Second, yeah, no, I, they always kill off secondary characters. I mean, the saddest death in the whole show so far has been Bob, right? From season three. That was pretty sad. But Bob was only in season three. Or was it season two? When did Bob die? Two or three? I don't remember. Season three. Uh, or two. Fuck, when did Bob die? Season two. Yeah, because at the end of season three, she was already ready to bang Hopper. So I think it was the end of season two. So when Bob died, but Bob was only in that season, I think someone from season one has to die. Like season one up until season four. So one of the kids, yeah, one of the kids. Kids, I include Steve Harrington, Nancy, and Jonathan as the kids. Like the core kids have to die. I don't think they're going to kill off um, Winona Ryder uh, because, I don't know, I just feel like they won't. They won't kill off Hopper because they already gave the fake out at the end of season three. Like that would be stupid. You're like, oh, you killed him, but you'll just bring him back. They won't kill off Hopper. If they kill off the the guy, what's his name? The my arm, my arms are iron, my feet are like spears. That guy, the one who helped, who who's helping Joyce. I forget his name. I like his character a lot. 
But he was only he started in season two, so he's still a long. But he's not a main character. They have to kill off one of the kids. Who do you think it's gonna be? Because if they don't, it's gonna feel like a cop out. Because they're they're killing kids left and right this season, right? They fucked up that the little nerd kid, the the nerd kid Nancy's uh, editor or whatever. They fucked him up, right? They killed the cheerleader in episode one. No mercy. They almost killed Max. But Max, even if, see, that's the thing. Max, it would be a sad death. But they already killed her brother. And I didn't care about Billy. (laughs) Do you care about Billy? Season three? I don't miss him at all. I mean, Max is, you know, whatever. But if they kill off Dustin, that shit would be heartbreaking. If they kill off, because me, personally, the most heartbreaking to me is if they killed off Steve Harrington. Right, that would be the most gut wrenching death. Cause he's my favorite character in the whole show. Him and Hopper, those are those are like my top two. I used to like Dustin, but then he he's kind of he became kind of a bitch when he when he had that uh, D'Artagnan that that season when he was taking care of the upside down like the Demogorgon baby. Stupid, such a stupid stupid kid. <laughs> but it would still be sad if Dustin died. Steve Harrington, Nancy, you know what? Nancy dying. I'd be okay with because it gives enough gravitas because she's a main character, right? It's a main character, but I don't care about her that much, but it would still be, it would be like, damn, they actually killed off Nancy. Same with Jonathan. Now he's a stoner, right? I, 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 I don't really care about Jonathan either, but it would be kind of sad. It's a, it's a bigger death. It would be a bigger death than Bob's in my opinion. In terms of the overall impact, I will be, I was sadder. I would still be sadder. I mean, Bob's death is still sadder than if Nancy or Jonathan were to die, right? Because I don't care about Nancy and Jonathan, but you, you guys get what I mean, right? Like they need to kill off someone main. Heartbreaking would be Steve Harrington. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't like the kids anymore. You know, as the seasons progress, I like them less and less. The one I like now, out of all the, out of the four main boy kids, I like Lucas the best, right? Lucas, uh, the black kid. He's awesome. Cause he, I feel like his, his aging seems the most fluid. I don't know if that makes sense. Because Dustin looks like he hasn't really aged and they're still trying to, does he still have, does he have teeth? I don't know. But Dustin just get, got more annoying over time. Mike is such a little bitch boy. I fucking hate Mike. I've hated Mike since season three. Right? Season three or two. I've hated Mike since season two. Because he was just such an angsty kid. And I get it, right? He's supposed to be angsty because he's 15 or whatever. But the way that he did not stand up for 11 in the roller skate rink, that shit pissed me off. Right, that shit pissed me off. I was so happy when that that Ariana Grande looking fucker got a roller skate to the face. That was such a great moment in season four. But Mike didn't do shit. And neither did Will. See, Will, on the other hand, Will has been fucked up so much already in the first two seasons that killing him would just be like, it's the easy way out. It would be sad. But you're like, dude, he was dead for two seasons anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? So 
I think. So who do you think, JC? Who do you really? Because I don't think they're going to kill off Eddie, right? The new guy. They they probably won't kill up the stoner friends, the Argyle. Is that his name? I mean, that would be just, you know, it wouldn't really make sense. And I don't think they're going to kill off the jock guy, who, by the way, I'm not mad at. You know, the jock guy, the guy who's who's the boyfriend of the cheerleader, the one who's super religious and shit. If you a lot of people hate him. But if you watch it and you're and you try to be reasonable, he has a pretty reasonable character progression because he doesn't know shit about the upside down. He has an experience. He doesn't know anything about what happened through seasons one through three. So what he knows from his perspective is he saw his girlfriend go with Eddie into his trailer and then she got fucked up and then Eddie ran away. And then when he finally catches up to Eddie on the boat, his his uh his friend gets fucked up in the you know the other jock gets fucked up in the in the river and he has this mind conditioning like dungeons and dragons and shit is evil so in that sense i i i see where he's coming from and i don't think he's acting out of character he's trying to get vengeance for his his slain girlfriend and you know he he's a he's got testosterone and shit running through him whatever right so I feel like he's acting pretty rationally because the cops aren't doing anything. So he's taking matters into his own hands. So I'm not even mad that that guy. Uh, but if they kill him, you know, it wouldn't matter either. So shit. I, you know, I've just been rambling about why I hate the kids in Stranger Things, even though the show is fantastic. Um, who do I think will die and who do I want to die? I already said I, I don't mind if Nancy and shit die. Nancy, Jonathan. Who do I think will die? Shit. I th- I honestly I think Steve Harrington's gonna kick the bucket. They faked him out right in this season when he first went into the upside down and then he got attacked by the the flying bat fuckers. But is that enough? Is that like the fake out and then is that like Glenn from Walking Dead hiding under the dumpster and then they're gonna actually kill him off? They could be. Could be a fake out. Before the before the the real thing, you know. Oh, we faked out his death, so he's definitely not gonna die. And then they kill him. Yeah, man, I think Steve might die, bro. Because Dustin, I think, is a fan favorite. I mean, Steve is a fan favorite, but the core of the show is really the the main kids. Even though Steve Harrington is probably the most popular character next to Hopper and Eleven, they won't kill off Eleven. That's stupid. Wouldn't work. They need her, right? She's 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 the she's the superhero. She's the only one with powers. Mm. Lucas, you know, Lucas is like a that would be a surprise, and it would actually kind of be sad because Lucas is the least annoying out of all the four. He was kind of a bitch boy in in season one when he didn't like Eleven, but he was also acting i think rationally because they were missing will right will was in the upside down and they're like why are we being friends with this weird bald girl <laughs> let's go find our friend man um but lucas would actually kind of hurt lucas would kind of hurt uh mike you know fuck him fuck it kill mike i don't give a damn <laughs> yeah so watch season 4 if you haven't already because oh well, if you made it this far then i already spoiled you but I am sure if you if you're a fan, you can't wait till July one. Watch the trailer; it's on YouTube. Looks amazing. Although I'm not a fan of the the song that everyone loves, I, I hate that song. Like I don't find it fun at all. 
even if you add the emotional weight of the scene, I can't stand the song. What's the name of that song? Running Up the Hill? Or whatever it's called? It's like it trended. How much money did, did that lady make, right? From from this song, Running Hill? Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. My first time to ever hear it was on this show. So maybe that's why it doesn't hold any nostalgic value. It's called Running Up That Hill, A Deal With God. You know, the scene with Max and Vecna. And that's the song that saves her from getting her her body uh, turned inside out. That song sucks. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Take care of yourselves. Um, and let me know what your thoughts are on the new season. Who do you think is going to die? Message me. Message me on the podcast Instagram. Who do you think is going to die? Share your thing, season four. And uh, let me know if you like the seven samurai, if I offended you. That's it. Follow me on social media, and I'll catch you all. Say it with me. Later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 